Hi everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Outdoor PM School podcast, where we explore product management careers in the outdoor industry. We talk with PMs from top outdoor industry brands and ask them about their career path, what it's really like to be a PM, and any advice they would give others aspiring to follow the same path. My name is Dawson Westensko, and I'll be your host. During this episode, I talk with Ian McLaren. Ian describes himself as an accidental product manager. He started out working in a bike shop and graduated with degrees in geology and education. Ian found his way to Cannondale, first as an intern and later as a product manager. After four years of working on road bikes, Ian moved to Thule, where he spent over 10 years managing the cargo and rooftop categories. This episode is brought to you by OutdoorPMSchool.com, an eight-week online course designed for aspiring outdoor industry product managers. Check out OutdoorPMSchool.com to learn more about who we are and how we can help. Hi, Ian. I'm excited to have you here. To give everyone a little bit of an idea, we first got to know each other while working at Thule. And you still work for Thule currently. I was over in the Colorado offices and you were in the, the headquarters in Connecticut. It was my first product management position in the outdoor industry. And Ian was the guy who had been around. He had been in the role for a while. He had a steady hand on the tiller of the Thule brand assortment. We didn't work together too much, but definitely got to know you while working there. Yeah, happy to be here. And thanks for the steady hand um, comment. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good good a compliment as anybody could ask for in almost any role, actually. Maybe you can just give everyone a little bit of background about your, you know, how you got into the industry and how you got into product management specifically. That's a great place to start. So I am definitely from the accidental profession side of um, product management, which I think is a term that that you're going to run into if you haven't before. But it, yeah. I mean that's. That's how a bunch of us get into product management is, is you kind of just find your way there. And the way that I found my way was uh, started in bike shops. So I came up from the cycling side of things and you'll, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll kind of get further into that in a moment, but I um, started working in a bike shop while I was in undergrad in the early nineties. And um, that led to a stint at Eastern mountain sports, which is still around uh, working retail over one memorable Christmas and man, uh-huh. Christmas or holidays at retail is um, it is one way to learn, learn get, you know, cut your retail teeth. <laughs> and uh, and so that was a great retail experience for me, um, in addition to my time at, at the bike shop. And um, after sort of some time out in the world doing non-career-oriented stuff, including a little bit of time as a bike messenger in Baltimore, which was probably the best job I ever had. That's amazing. Um, yeah, right. We, we could have another podcast about that uh, four <laughs> months of my life. I eventually got invited to leave the bike shop and join the only major East Coast bike brand at the time, at least, which was Cannondale. Mm-hmm. Um, and Cannondale was born in Fairfield County, Connecticut, and at the time was located in Georgetown. That was the old Georgetown office. So I worked as an as an intern in the Georgetown office for a couple of summers, did a couple different things. I ended up getting invited back to do kind of some junior product management. It was really like bill of material entry and some mm. other kind of basic product management related stuff. It was like mm-hmm. admin stuff. And that's how I got started, Dawson. Um, you know, got to know the folks at Cannondale. They brought me back in a couple, as I said, a couple of years later to get involved in product management more as kind of an admin type person or a tech type person. I left there 
and I don't encourage anybody to do this necessarily, but I ended up going back to Cannondale a third time. So I did like two summers of internship. <laughs> I worked there as kind of a product management admin yeah. and finally went back uh, after getting a master's in something else, uh, which I ended up not pursuing, but I, I went back in 2004 and spent a really kind of formative product management four years as a category manager uh, mm. for, for one of the major bike lines. And so that was really my first true product management role, but it, it kind of had all headed in that direction yeah. um, up until that point. And so, you know, I, I don't have a degree that says product manager on it uh, in any sort of way, but you know, that it's kind of what I've been doing um, yeah. until now. Now there are becoming more degrees available, but it's, it's super interesting just to hear people's different backgrounds of how they got in. And I think that's more the norm, right? That people don't necessarily get into it knowing in advance exactly what to expect. But I think a certain common traits uh, for the people that are attracted to the role. When, when you were in the bike shop, were you, did you just love product? I mean, were, did you geek out on, on bike specs and that sort of thing? Did that attract you? You know, it's funny. Now that I think back about it, um, I was never really this book sniffer kind of guy and I, and I'm still not, that's, that's just not, it's not my thing. Um, I appreciate good design. I appreciate good technology. I'm a fan of the Robert De Niro film Ronin in which he's asked about what his favorite weapon is. And he looks at the guy who's asking him the question and basically goes, I don't know, it's a tool in a toolbox, you know, whatever does the job. Right. And, and that's that's really my approach to tech. You know, I I am still riding a 2007 Cannondale road bike, and I went back to a hardtail recently because you know I just kind of got tired of of like rear linkage maintenance on full suspension bikes. And mm-hmm. you know, for me, it's more about the experience. But as applied to to product management and, and the bike shop, I. I've always been interested in the interaction with the end consumer. And, you know, that is, that's really the heart of being a product manager is Mm -hmm. yeah. Tech is cool and new stuff is cool and development is cool, but like figuring out what the consumer need is and meeting them there uh, effectively is, is what I liked at the bike shop, you know? So it was really that personal interaction with the customer and and solving the problem or meeting the need and, uh, and building the relationship. So Yep, the the tech was a means to an end, and the end was that that uh, customer satisfaction element. Right. And so, how long were you at Cannondale then? I estimate it at somewhere between seven <laughs> and eight years over yeah. over the many ten years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's about seven seven to eight, and then I've been at Thule for I'm in my thirteenth year now. And then a, a lot of people might not know, but there is sort of a Cannondale Thule uh, pipeline. Right, that you that you sort of get between brands that are relatively close. There is sort of this back and forth between those brands, right? Yeah, it's a funny thing that I'm not sure many of us know this until we get into a more sort of career type role. But there is there is kind of an ebb and flow of personnel um, in a given region, or you know, for folks that are willing to relocate beyond local or regional, um, you know, it could happen globally. But um, you know people who enjoy working with people kind of bring people with them. And there was a pretty sizable migration, you know, not to slight Cannondale in the least, but um, when I left, I was preceded by one or two folks who kind of pulled me along. And, um, and then there were a few more people that came after me. So there was a time and, and some folks have kind of gone on from Tuli at this point, but there was a time when, 
boy, there were six or seven or eight of us working at Thule who in the last few years had come over from Cannondale and, mm-hmm. um, and it has gone back the other way. And, and if you throw, um, an, an, another sort of, uh, like outdoor brand, which is Timex, mm-hmm. if you throw them in the mix, you know, mm-hmm. you could, you could count people on both hands and, and fingers and toes who had gone and, and worn all three hats in some cases. So, yeah, yeah I mean, but, but when you compare it against the front range, we're fairly small in the outdoor industry when you look at East coast. Yeah. And so there's only a few options that you have really. Yeah. 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 And you learn, at least I learned pretty quickly at, uh, at Thule that you better be riding the Cannondale. Yeah. We, yeah, I think, I think there's probably a mantra within the outdoor industry and, and a, I've actually been surprised to see how almost specific it is to outdoor industry where maybe we're doing what we love and taking a little bit of a pay cut as compared to being in consumer mm-hmm. packaged goods, let's say, or in tech. Right. Um, and we're, hopefully, hopefully the outdoor industry is a little bit more about work-life balance than some other industries might be. But mm-hmm. one, of, one of those perks is we all want to help each other out and uh, the, the relationship between Thule and Cannondale uh, continues to remain strong. And so, the bike room at Thule is is still largely <laughs> with a, with a few other this is and that's thrown in. Yeah, yeah, cool. So you know, as you got into that role in Cannondale, you know, you had obviously had a lot of experience interning there, and so you you sort of probably knew a little bit what you were getting yourself into when you started kind of your first full time product management role. But what was the biggest surprise, or what was that first six months for you in that full time position? I will say. Cannondale was a great learning experience and, and there was international travel thrown in there because at the time Cannondale was in the throes of um, expanding from being a domestic manufacturer to being a global manufacturer. And really what that meant was uh, chasing the carbon fiber industry to Taiwan and China um, and competing against a couple of other really big bike brands in the North American market all of whom are sourcing from Asia and their cost of goods were lower and mm-hmm. quality control you know, was different and so on and so forth. So yeah, I mean, for me, it was jumping in the deep end and um, doing product briefs for the president and, um, you know, 12 hour time zone shifts over at Taiwanathon in November and the, mm-hmm. the whole thing. Um, but, but what I will say is I went into that experience having been kind of brought up in a Cannondale that was a much younger company in the nineties. Mm-hmm. So 10 years is a, is a lot of time, a change for a company that's growing, grown to be kind of a small kind of homegrown brand mm-hmm. to a, to a much more global brand. And, and my thought was, Hey, the product manager is the haunch, you know, basically they make the call, they pick the tires and the seat and the cranks or whatever it is. And they spec it out and they, and the purchasing team orders it and the manufacturing team makes it. Mm-hmm. And we, we launched this thing to fanfare at Seattle classic or whatever it is. <laughs> and, and, right. And, and everybody's going to love it because I know the category and, and I'm, and I've got the newest and latest and greatest. Right. And what I had to come to realize um, in part at Cannondale, but um, also with some great mentoring from a couple of product development uh, leaders at Thule is it, it's not about, me and and being a product manager, it, you know, and, and like what I personally know, it's about mobilizing the whole team of resources that you have at your disposal, which can be the sales team who's hearing here and now what's needed out in the marketplace. And it can be the marketing team who's prepared to launch a whole array of, of tools, 
you know, to, to help a new product succeed. And it can be the engineering team who needs to know what direction to, to put their efforts in. Um, but, but it's, but it's not necessarily me that, and and some companies probably still work like this and and may succeed well and, and may also fail, um, on these grounds, but it's not really about me and what I bring to the table. It's like my ability to deploy the tools that are around me mm-hmm. um, to meet that consumer need. And and that was something I had to, to learn. And I yeah. guess you get, you get this if you took uh, product management 101, but mm-hmm. I, I didn't take that class. So I had, <laughs> I had to learn it in the field, so to speak. And, um, and so for me, that was the revelation is it's um, it, you know, it really takes the entire, machine that a company builds around the product manager to bring mm-hmm. a great new product to market. It's rarely that the product manager comes up with this brilliant idea and, and like single-handedly champions mm-hmm. them. That's a great point. And you do hear this term that the product manager is the CEO of the, of the category. You know, I think there's a couple of different ways to interpret that. In one way, you might say, oh, a CEO makes all the decisions, right? But in reality, CEOs the best CEOs are really, to your point, about aligning resources, putting together the steps and processes and making sure that the right things are communicated to the right people at the right time and really putting it all through this complex machine because you can't do everything yourself. And I think similarly, you know, this CEOs clearly have a certain expertise, but they're also generally really good generalists. Right, they know a, they know a good amount about a lot of different things, and I think I think product managers are the same. Right, you have to know enough about all these different areas. To your point, you learned a lot about carbon fiber manufacturing in Taiwan. Not enough to necessarily set up a factory, but you you have to gain a certain level of expertise across a lot of different categories and a lot of different types of information in order to really be effective. Um, so, how how is that different? Well, when you moved to Thule, yeah, my this is my experience with those two companies was this is a snapshot in time. So, you know, again, I don't want to, um, I don't want to comment on what Cannondale's like at this point, um, because I haven't been there in 13 years, but mm-hmm. moving from Cannondale to Thule, um, kind of back in the day with air quotes that you can't see was like going from like, I don't know, double a ball to triple a ball. And, mm-hmm. and I would imagine it's a similar transition going from Thule to, you know, kind of the next bigger size company, but mm-hmm. You know, something that Canada was working on at the time and hadn't quite finished yet was a true product development process. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that you had this experience at Thule and probably have beyond. And I know you've talked to lots of people who have had experience with these things. But Canada's was in the, the formative stages. Thule's was established and was much more structured and had gates and paperwork and, mm-hmm. um, you know, timing expectations and financial expectations and reporting, mm-hmm. um, and reviews and the whole thing. And since I've been at Thule, uh, we've actually iterated that process and it's now a global process because we're a, a Sweden based company and, uh, we have uh, more and more products over the years that actually serve the global market and aren't just regional. So, you know, development at this point needs to consider the needs of a, a cyclist in Belarus and also a cyclist in uh, Salt Lake City. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and they may have different needs, but but similar enough that you could develop a product for both of them that, that's going to be pretty darn good. So mm-hmm. for, for me, the transition was like stepping up and, and really having to raise my game 
in terms of, I don't just think that this is a good idea and I, and it's not, you know, kind of like a, a half fleshed out idea, but like mm-hmm. you got to dot your I's and cross your T's because when you present this thing to the president or the CEO uh, and you don't have your act together, um, you just lost your opportunity to get support for that product. And, yeah. and it may have, it may have been really good, but you've got to like put the work into it to make sure everybody else believes and, and buys into it being really good. Right. Yeah. And Fred and Magnus don't mess around. So that's, so that's a real concern. <laughs> <laughs> that is the truth. You've done product management in some different categories. What's your favorite part about being a product manager? I think, oh, this may sound really goofy, but the irony of being product manager, and I, and I think you and I can agree on this, is that it's always your fault, but, <laughs> but, but, but you never were really, um, you, you never really get all the acclaim you know, for when, for when it goes really well, because when it goes really well, well, the sales guys had to sell it and, and marketing had to create a, um, you know, a campaign around it and procurement had to bring it in on time and manufacturing had to make it just right and make enough. And, and, you know, the quality had to be good. So, so that's the challenge of being a product manager is you're the guy, you're the face on the dartboard when things don't go right. Right. Um, and then you have to share it with everybody when things do go right because that's the expectation is that yep. hey, hey if, if the process works and, and the product manager works the process correctly then all everything should go to plan mm-hmm. and good and then we met expectations um but you know that's the satisfaction you can get out of it which is wonderful and 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 knowing that you were instrumental in helping a team succeed and bringing a new product to market that's what i get a kick out of is doing it well and and it can be it can be a challenge at times because just like anything in business, really, it's always a pipeline that you always have to keep full is that product development pipeline. Mm-hmm. And and it can be tiresome moving from one project that you go, hey, high fives, everybody. We did an awesome job. And thanks for your help. And hopefully you get acknowledged as the product manager. Hey, you know, you, you ran the product or project well. Or if you have project managers, hey, you know, thanks for um, kind of bringing this product to life and making it happen. But then immediately, boom, you got to go right back and okay, what's next and what, and, you know, and get right back into it. So you finish in Thule parlance, you finish phase E or you finish phase D really, you Mm -hmm. get the product to market and then you're right back, you're right back into phase A or getting ready to put something into phase A. So, so that's, that's the yin and the yang of product management is, is I did love um, because I'm not actually in product management at this point, as, as I, you and I have discussed, but yep. I, did, I did love that the completion of a project and completing it well. And a um, couple that I've done, not every project is t-shirt worthy, um, but I've done a couple <laughs> of projects where it was like, you know, this, this project needs a t-shirt and, and yeah. uh, seeing your colleagues wear, you know, wearing the t-shirt, <laughs> that says something, something team, uh, 2018 or whatever it is, you know, and seeing him wear that around with pride, like that's pretty cool. Um, and, and knowing that you were part of that and that you actually initiated that, that's a really rewarding feeling. So, you know, so I, I forgot about that. You guys, you, you guys <laughs> t-shirts, right? Uh, so I, I can think, I can think of seeing t-shirts around the Thule office since I've been working there and, uh-huh you know, they were probably 10 years old at the time. So I started, I started there in 08. And that means that, yeah, people have been making t-shirts at Thule since the nineties for sure. But yeah, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a fun little keepsake, you know, if you can find carve out a little part of your project budget and yeah. spend a couple hundred bucks, people, people dig it. 
No, that's uh, that's that's awesome, and it's funny. I, I I had forgotten that little tidbit, but at I know at Black Diamond, I worked with a guy at Black Diamond, and they were all about the T-shirts. They actually had a screen printer in the like machine in the back oh, of the office. That's and, epic. Yeah, so they would crank them out all the time, and it's pretty. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Whatever you can do, like you said, to kind of bring the team along and to build some team camaraderie is huge because it does take so many people to commercialize a product. When you think about projects that are the most t-shirt worthy, whether at Cannondale or Thule, what's the, what's the best product that you've worked on or the product that you're the most proud of? Well, I would give a shout out to the Thule Canyon XT. I'll pick two. So in my, in my tenure at Thule, you know, and this was an interesting transition in and of itself. So leaving Cannondale where hopefully I'm a lifelong cyclist, but up until now I'm continuing to ride and love it. So leaving Cannondale where I was working with cycling products, something I knew a lot about and, and did myself. And then coming to Thule, very quickly at Thule, I found myself the product manager for Cargo, which is the big plastic enclosed boxes that go up on your roof when you're going mm-hmm. on vacation, you know, yep. Put that thing on and it looks like you're going on vacation. We all know them uh, so well, right? We know, we know them well. <laughs> uh, the hamburger or the coffin or the Thule. Hopefully we have people calling them the Thule. Um, so managing that and then the base roof rack, which is the crossbars and the attachment things that go on the roof. So, you know, I've used that stuff and I've sold that stuff over the years at the bike shop, but I was by no means a product expert coming to Thule and being given those categories. And then somebody smacks you on the butt and says, okay, go get them, kid. You know, it was a very steep learning curve, and that's where, to the points that we were talking about earlier about, hey, you don't have to necessarily be the expert on your category, but you need to know enough, as you said, about carbon fiber in Taiwan. Um, So so that's the point where I really kind of shifted from being, or at least thinking that I was kind of the haunch who knew everything about it, to being somebody who had to rely on people around him in order to bring a, a successful product to market. So for me, I think the the embodiment of that approach to, to product management was the Thule Canyon XT, which is our five-year-old roof basket. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of aerodynamically shaped. It's what looks still to be a kind of a classic Thule design. It's a mm-hmm. wireframe uh, basket that you can drop your jerry cans in or your cooler, your beach chairs, whatever. Um, but you do see them pretty frequently, and we've got a whole bunch of customers that do well with them. But that was a category that hadn't been updated at Thule in uh, 10 to 15 years, probably 15 years. And wow. we just, we needed a new design and I was by no means that user, mm-hmm. um, but by working with, and here's an interesting thing, interesting thing. We actually had a contract engineer work with us on that project. A great guy named Jay Clark, who lives out in Arizona, who's an ex Cannondale engineer. <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> a small world. Man. Um, but Jay's still a good friend and, uh, I, I'm on his Strava and he's on mine. So I always see when Jay's out riding in, in uh, Arizona and riding much better trails than I'm on. So uh, <laughs> that was a cool experience. But yeah, Jay, who is not a, who is not an expert in that um, material necessarily or manufacturing process. And I, who was not an expert in the, in the cargo category on baskets in particular, um, we worked with our industrial design team in Sweden and got some great feedback from a couple of, true core users within the office and outside of the office and ended up coming up with a really successful product that um, has, you know, to everybody's credit has outstripped expectations um, in so many ways and Mm -hmm. still around and hopefully will be around for a a good while longer. And so that one, 
um, even though it's not, you know, we, we sell more of like one crossbar length in one color in a yeah. revenue sense than we do Canyon XTs, mm-hmm. but, but, but it's a small category and it's doing very well in its category. And so that one was a lot of fun in a lot of ways and it's been successful. And so for me, that was, that was the most rewarding. It was like a true product management exercise of yeah. how to bring a new product to market in this category. And it was a success. So um, that one was great. And I would say the others that were really rewarding were pretty similar actually Dawson. So when I was at Cannondale, I, I, I ran the women's road bike category. Um, mm-hmm. which I would say a guy can do, but honestly, probably a woman is a little better suited for that job, you know, right. and then there's folks on both sides that would, would probably argue one direction or the other. Anyway, that these were the resources that we had. And at the time in the two thousands, um, it was a growing category women's road, but it wasn't quite, um, it didn't have the stature and the breadth of, of an offering that it has now, but we were building in that direction. And so I think for two years running at the Sea Otter Classic, when Bicycling Magazine presented its Women's Road Bike of the Year Award, I think we won that award. I know it was at least once, and, and that was the year I wasn't there. But I think when I was there, I think we won it two years in a row. Nice. Um, and, and, yeah, I mean, it, so it's nice to get the accolade. And, again, I, I was not the expert on those bikes, but we had a lot of great female riders in the office, and uh, we had great engineers who could understand what it meant to design a bike for a body that's not a man's body. And, mm-hmm. and you know, clearly for those couple of years, we figured it out pretty well and, and it was acknowledged and that felt really good. So yeah. I think those for me are the best product management challenges. And you know, when you can, when you can get to a product that's not necessarily your core expertise and if you, and if you do it well, I think that's really rewarding. Yeah. And both of those categories, both bikes and roof racks, most of the Thule carry type products, they're they're all longer life cycle. It's fairly oh, mature category. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, they, they you make the Thule aero bars, right? And that's a huge deal. But then those aero bars live for a long time without right. massive change. And in bikes, I think, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but even though there's constant updates, they're relatively you're not creating a new line of bikes every season, right? You're tweaking an existing portfolio and every 10 years or every five years, you might be coming out with a totally new frame, uh, you know, geometry, or like you said, get into women's. And so that's, you know, it's just a, it's just a, a, in highly engineered products, especially in those categories, that's kind of what product management looks like, which can be very different in different categories. Yeah. You're making a great point, which is that product management is, it has very many different shades depending on what industry you're in and what product you're, you're, you're bringing to market. And boy, I feel for the folks that work still work in the office that you were based out of out in Mon mm-hmm. um, who need to bring a bag product line to market twice a year. Yep. And the, you know, they're used to it and they can do that and that's what they're good at. And, and, and boy, bless them for being able to do so, but man, for, <laughs> For me, two full life cycles a year would just take a lot of getting used to, and it's, mm-hmm. and it's not necessarily what I think I want to do. But um, you know, you can you can look through a broader lens at um, Thule Sport and Cargo, as we call it, is what I like to refer to as like a technical product management role because mm-hmm. you really need to be able to talk the talk with the engineers, mm-hmm. and understand materials and processes and assembly and the whole thing. Um, you can't really just order up a product 
and sit back and expect it to show up exactly how you like it mm-hmm. um, without being able to get your hands dirty. Um, so yeah, that, that's kind of one form of product management. And then, and I don't know anything about um, consumer package goods. I've never been in that, in that uh, world, but you know, that's a whole other kind of product management where it's um, as I understand it, it's all about shelf space and mm-hmm. um, you know, battling on price point and, mm-hmm. Well, if we if we say this is twenty percent bigger than the other guys, people are going to buy ours. You know, so right. that's a whole other different kind of product management. So I, I think if anybody's listening to this podcast and is interested in um, getting into product management, which that's the goal, right? Um, yep. You know, I think that's an important thing to kind of keep in mind at the outset is what is what is it that I'm interested in from a product management perspective? Mm-hmm. And is it more of kind of a technical product manager or am I a marketing product manager, Right, um, which is more the consumer packaged goods model. And and I know that there's a ton of product management that goes on in tech as well. So mm-hmm. when it comes to everything that's going on online and on our phones and our apps and stuff like that, um, there's a lot of product managers that work there who are doing stuff that I know nothing about. So you know, right. there's a lot of ways to go with it. Well, and something that's unique, I think, to, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but in highly engineered products is that testing is a massive part of what you help manage uh, in things like bikes and things like that go on top of your car when you're going 90 miles an hour, uh, you know, with, that are designed to hold something there and needs to be safe. I mean, that's a massive part of what you do, whereas other in other categories, testing might be very minor, like in like in backpacks, for example. Um, it's a totally different level of of oversight and of management of that whole part of the process. The process itself really needs to run that stuff. You know, I can't imagine because Thule has a an active with kids category at this point, where we've got um, bike seats and we've got trailers. Mm-hmm. Um, we have we have. Um, child backpacks, all sorts of things that you've got, you know, very young people in and nobody wants to see anybody get hurt, but we all especially don't want to see kids get hurt. And and Mm -hmm. so there's tons of regulations there and, you know, the, the process really needs to have all of those regulations as a part of it. And Mm -hmm. I hope there isn't a product manager out there who is hired on and the company comes to the table with a big smile on their face at the first meeting and says, you know, we, we hired you because you know, all the regulations like that's more, right. burden, that's more burden than a product manager should carry. Right. Um, so yeah, Thule does tons of testing and some of it is an industry standard. Um, you've got TUV, you've got ISO, you've got DIN, um, but Thule has its own test protocols as well. And in many cases, those are Thule's protocols because they're in um, excess of what, the mm-hmm. industry requires. So mm-hmm. yes, we have all that stuff, but thankfully I don't need to remember any of it because <laughs> we, have a, we have a test program that is in place for any particular product. And you, you can fill that out on a form and say, here's what this product is and needs mm-hmm. to do. And then boom, boom, boom. Um, suddenly you've got 15 or 30 uh, protocols that are going to be put against it. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think any company that's worth its salt at this point has got something that that looks like that where where the test department will come forward and say okay you want to do this then here's what we're going to need to do to your product right yep 
Uh, and is, so as you've been a product manager, anything that stands out in your mind as being, a, you know, what makes a good product manager or what has helped you specifically a, a trait or an attribute that you've seen other people and, and thought, yeah, that's, that's helped them to succeed as a product manager? I think, I think one thing, and this is, you know, this is true of life, this is true of, of business, but one thing that you can't afford to do as a product manager is take it personally. Mm. Um, the sales team, and I'm now a part of the sales team, so I can say, <laughs> I can say that uh, the sales team likes nothing better than to go up to a product manager and say, you are an idiot and you got it all wrong. And, you know, what, what you're bringing to market right now is not what we need. And, uh-huh. and you gotta, you gotta have a, an incredibly thick skin as a product manager to yeah. look that salesperson in the eye and say, thank you for the feedback. And I appreciate that what we're giving you right now is not what the consumer wants right now, because that's where sales is. Sales is in the now moment. Yeah. But as, as a product manager, you're in the, and it depends on how far out your product launches is aimed, but you're in the, six to 12 to 18, in some cases, longer months window. And so when you launch this product to the sales team, you know, the challenge is you, you've got to couch it in the, well, we know that you're not hearing the demand exactly right now, but here's why you're going to hear it when this product comes available. But mm-hmm. anyway, sometimes that, that works and sometimes it just doesn't work. Yep. So, so, um, you know, as a, as a product manager, you've got to have, um, a very thick skin and, and you know, stick to your guns, but also the flip side to sticking to your guns is um, you've got to take feedback and process the feedback and react mm-hmm. to the feedback because honestly, yeah. sometimes those sales guys are right is that we're just missing the mark. We're being outcompeted or there's a, um, a category where we're just not present and so on and so forth. So right. that's kind of the filter that you have to put everything through. Um, I, I think for me, that's kind of, that's kind of the biggest thing. And it's maybe a theme of what we've been talking about here is, is that, you know, it's not about you as the product manager. It's about the end. It's about the product. It's about the end mm-hmm. product. And it's about caring for your product line. Um, yeah. Sometimes you do need to make some big boy decisions or big girl decisions. And um, that's another one of the cool things about being a product manager is you have the ear if you're, if your organization is oriented to listen to the product manager as the, as the product champion, um, you have the ear of, of the top, the top dogs, you know, the corner office, um, so in some cases, board of directors, if that's the way the company works, but they want to hear from you if there's something that you need to say, no, you mm-hmm. can't, you can't be that you don't want to be the product manager that runs over to the president's office every hour, or every day. Mm-hmm. But, but when you need to escalate, the cool thing is you're in a position where you can do that. So that's mm-hmm. a, that's a great part of it as well. And that's something that I've kind of taken away is, is, um, you know, you need to be able on any particular day to talk about, uh, talk to the person that's driving a bolt through the hole, um, out and back. Um, and we do manufacturing in, uh, in Tilly, Connecticut. So I'm mm-hmm. pretty used to that. And at the same point, you may need to walk right down the hall and stop in at Fred's office and have a quick chat with him about what you just saw or about something totally unrelated. And, and you've got to be able to transition between one to the other. So, you know, a great kind of learning for me and a great reward in the product management positions is the exposure to really everybody within the organization mm-hmm. has been super cool. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. 
Well, cool. Uh, last question for you. What advice would you give for somebody who wants to get into product management, whether in the biking industry or product management more generally in the outdoor industry? What would you advise them? Someone just coming out of school or someone who's already in the industry but isn't in product? Well, LinkedIn has me pretty convinced that there's about a billion product manager roles on offer <laughs> out there. <laughs> Very few of which I'm I'm chasing down, but um, yeah. you know, it it does seem like there's better tools than ever to go out there and kind of seek out the role that you'd like to have. Uh-huh. Um, but you know, b- barring that the dream job is presented to you on your first day out of undergrad or postgrad, um, I think a great way to do it. Um, is to just take the opportunities that are presented to you. And, and I can tell you that I've seen some really wonderful people come up through Thule, um, in particular through the customer service department. Mm-hmm. And, and I can count on on a number of hands. I've only got two, but I'm just pretending I, I could utilize <laughs> more. The folks that, that have just taken the opportunity to get in, um, get to know the company, but even more importantly, get let the company get to know them, show that they have value, show that they're in it for the long haul. Um, in addition, and not, not to say that everybody's a, um, a good customer service prospect, but boy, if that opportunity presents itself and you're willing to take the beating for a few months of, mm-hmm. um, of some good phone calls and some irate consumer phone calls, you pick up such an amazing uh, product knowledge at that point mm-hmm. that, um, that, uh, kind of a likely destination when you move out of, out of customer service is, Hey, maybe I should go into product. So mm-hmm. I, I think probably for the foreseeable future, at least in the outdoor industry, I think that the, the um, product development group and more specifically product managers are always looking for somebody who has great people skills, um, has the ability to um, grasp technical, technical knowledge without getting too lost in the weeds um, you know, kind of is versatile, can talk to everybody in the building. And, and if you're able to take a role almost anywhere within the organization that, that lets you get exposed to the product development group, they're going to come find you, I think, mm-hmm. at, at many companies. Um, so, you know, it, it doesn't hurt to speak up and say, hey, I'm, I'm doing this now, but uh, in the long term, I certainly would like to be doing this. And I think any any company that can groom talent at all well is going to appreciate that and say, great, you know, it's wonderful that you're interested in this role that we have available and we want to bring you in and give you a shot at it and, and noted that you would love to get into product management and thank you for sharing that. You know I mean? So just be open and upfront, I think on what your hopes and dreams are and um, you know, get again, any company that I think you're, you should be interested in working for, is the company that will appreciate that you've been open and upfront about where you'd like to go. And, yeah. and if somebody goes, no, sorry, we just want to hire you for X and there's no possibility of getting into product management. Maybe you should look again at whether that's the company that you want to work for. Yeah. The advice of getting experience with customers is, is incredibly good advice and whether that's in customer service or sales, because on one side, if you're in the specific industry, then that's even better, right? Because you're getting experience learning about what customers are saying and what opportunities there are. And you're going to start seeing industry trends and all those types of things that product managers try and keep an eye on. 
But then also, even if you are in a different industry, just the interaction with people and hearing real-world complaints and being on the ground of dealing with uh, the types of issues that customers deal with is, is huge because you build that empathy, you build that ability to deal with people and to, and to work with people, and that's a huge advantage going into product management. So I think that's great advice. Yeah, no question. I, you know, one of the, and, and I know we're getting near the end of, end of the of the conversation here, but one of the cool things that we've done at, at Thule over the years is we're, we're usually presented with several opportunities, especially in the spring as kind of the, the season is breaking and some of our kind of mid to large size retailers are kind of opening up for their spring sales or promotions or trainings the product managers are always tapped for going out and either doing trainings or actually working at retail. So as a, as a product manager, that is like straight from the horse's mouth, truly is to get out, talk with the folks that are working the floor at your retailers, and then talk with the people that are shopping your retailers and really have those conversations. They're the most honest. It's the, it's the straightest dope you're going to get. Um, so those are the opportunities to get out sh- truly in the field and find out what's going on and then bring those insights home and figure out the way to again meet that consumer where, where the need is. And, and so, right. Having, having some customer service background is wonderful. And then, and then once you get into a product manager role, you need to keep it fresh. You need to keep freshening up that knowledge of what's going on in the marketplace and not just sit behind a desk and work the process because I think that will result in average product, but not outstanding product. Yeah. Great advice. Thank you so much for making the time today. I really appreciate learning more. I think it's going to be great for people to understand your background and how you got into the industry. And so thanks again. Hey Dawson, it's been a real pleasure. Thanks for connecting with me and uh, good luck with the podcast. This episode is brought to you by OutdoorPMSchool.com, an eight-week online course designed for aspiring outdoor industry product managers. Check out OutdoorPMSchool.com to learn more about who we are and how we can help.